Hello, everybody, and welcome to the new episode of the Lean Toss-Up CDL uh, Picks and, and Betting Podcast. Uh, today, I am joined uh, by uh, uh, Brian of CDL Metrics. How are you doing today, Brian? I'm doing all right. Getting excited for the first uh, LAN event, ma- first LAN major of the year, first one in a while that we've had. Um, it should be a, a really fun weekend with a lot of crazy matches and crazy moments. So I'm really looking forward to it and uh, seeing if there's any value on the board. Yeah, I I, I definitely agree. Uh, last weekend, uh, so we obviously did the podcast last week and, and this week, uh, a lot of what we said actually turned out to, to be true. We, uh, <clears throat> we kind of called it, we called it the chalk league and um, aren't really wrong about that. Um, I think we, we saw a lot of lopsided matches last week, a couple closer than we thought. But uh, definitely some lopsided ones um, that people weren't. Uh, I think a lot of they did catch some people off guard. Um, we saw a new look. Um, we saw a new look of LA, uh, LA Thieves, um, which isn't the newest look. Um, it, it's very reminiscent of the original roster for LA Thieves, and um, we, we didn't get a chance to comment on it because last week, obviously, we recorded the podcast and then they released the new roster. I think that day. Or the next day, I can't remember exactly which one it was, but uh, we never got a chance to comment on it. And um, I kind of wanted to fade them initially um, because, again, and 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 this is the thing. And and Ryan, I talked a little bit about this, um, and I'll I'll get Ryan's thoughts on this in a second. But basically, they went for like a high variance strategy. In my opinion, it was like let's just throw in the guys who are like the highest variance, and and let's just see how it goes. And to be honest, and, and I think. Brian will also go on this. It's not necessarily a bad strategy, um, but the problem I have with it is, is it's like okay, cool. It's like we're every game we're rolling two dice, and cool. If we roll double sixes, we beat Phase. But if we roll less than like a five, we lose to LAG. And like I kind of feel like that's what this team is now. It's like okay, cool. If we 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 have the ability to beat L, to beat Phase, but like we can't consistently do that. We can't consistently beat any other team. It just we all have to come out really hot, and maybe we could do it. But if not, uh, we can't. What What are your thoughts on that, Ryan? Yeah, I think the the move to have the roster be Pook, TJ, Slasher, and Kenny is like a roster that I like a lot. And like, there's definitely gonna be growing pains. It's uh, we talk so much about how you make a roster move and teams see immediate improvement a lot of the times. I think part of that is just due to the fact that the teams tend to look very bad right before the roster move. So they bring in someone new, and it looks like that one guy changed so much about the team. Where with LA Thieves, they've kind of been in the middle all year in terms of, you know, power rankings, whatever you want to say. So trying to switch in better players for worse players, it might not work out right away. They might not look better, and that's been the case with Thieves. So, I mean, they're going to stick with the roster. They should. I think they realize that, like, if we want to make a run at champs, which they very well should make, we need to do it with the roster with the highest potential. Um, so that if that means we lose to Optic Chicago, you know, pretty badly, like so be it. It's ten CDL points, but I think they're looking long term. Um, you know, it, it does kind of stink for them that they didn't get winners bracket, but um, you know, it, it is what it is. And uh, yeah, they're definitely looking big picture. I like that. Uh, if they do still struggle, um, you know, throughout this major, if they lose to LAG round one, it would not be surprising. But I think 
the hate might get a little overblown. Um, I think people are going to start to like question everything the organization does. And um, I'm, I'm very much a wait and see type person. So just give this roster time. Um, you know, I, I would think they'll beat LAG. They might not, um, but I would think they will. Uh, but yeah, it, you're, you're a hundred percent right on the, the variance. Like, let's see what this can do, what this roster can do. And if we hit, you know, a, a top 90th percentile for them, then we're all of a sudden among the Torontos, the New Yorks, the Chicagos, but right they're They're still not there. They're still kind of in that middle of the pack, but um, I'm excited to see how they perform at the major on land. Cause I do think they will be improved because of that. But uh, yeah, they're, They've been the trickiest team all year to really pin down, but um, and I think that's going to continue as we get into Stage 5, but um, they're definitely the storyline of the CDL outside of the top teams, like who's going to win, like just their whole thing. Like the LA Thieves camp is just fascinating to talk about. Yeah, and, and that's a good point. I think um, it... I mean, on paper, it's not a bad roster, right? And and to be honest, it, a lot of people have been kind of calling for this roster the entire time. But the issue I have, though, is that we started this off, and and I thought the rationale for dropping for for benching Slasher a couple weeks ago, actually, it's like only a couple weeks ago now at this point. But I thought the whole rationale for it was we don't want like Slasher and Kenny are having problems playing together, and Slasher comes back, and and Kenny has I think one of his worst weekends ever. Um, like, sla- like uh, Kenny played horrible this weekend, and again, we're not. This is not a a rag on on Kenny podcast. We we love Kenny. I think he's one of the best players in the game. But you bring Slasher back, and all of a sudden, he was just he was he had a really bad weekend. And and I think this is it, it's a we, they've done a lot of weird things on this team. They've made a ton of changes. I think some of them have been positive, but I think in this last roster move, they just erased all those. And and we're going to talk about um, LA Thieves and their matchup um, in, a, in a little bit here. Um, but honestly, like, right now, this you have a lot of fanboys betting this up. You have a lot of fan, like LA Thieves fans betting this lineup, and... I definitely think there's some value in here, but anyway, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna walk on our on our own segment. We'll we'll, we'll get to that later in a second. Uh, let's talk about futures though. So uh, on Bet365 and on some other on on some other betting websites as well, uh, you get um you could basically see some um some props to win the entire major, right? So which team will will win the major? And and to be honest, this is sometimes people like futures props because um. You, you get a better price than if you're betting them game to game. For example, Atlanta Phase is minus 163, right? So probably, unless something earth-shatteringly happens in the next in the next one of their next matches or two, Atlanta Phase will probably be minus 200 or so favorites in every match going forward. In that case, if you bet Atlanta Phase at one negative 163 now. That's the best price you're going to get on Atlanta Phase for basically the entire tournament. That's how it's basically set up. Um, on the other hand, uh, Toronto Ultra, the second most likely team, is plus 350. Um, you could probably get about that. You, you build probably bet Toronto at, at plus money against Atlanta Phase if they, because assuming they play each other again, obviously if Toronto gets knocked out, then you wasted your you wasted your bet on that. But if they play, 
Toronto is probably gonna be a little bit lower than that. So these are probably the best odds you'll get on, but they have to win the entire tournament to, to do that. However, on Bet365, you can cash out bets. So, for example, an interesting strategy would be like, say, Toronto, right? So if Toronto plays, Toronto, um, Toronto has a buy, right? So say Toronto beats whoever wins between Optic Dallas. They go on to face Atlanta. They beat Atlanta. Suddenly, Toronto might be sitting at like minus one fifty or something. At that point, you could probably cash that out, and you can actually get some profit on that. So that's not that's not bad. Some sometimes Bet365 actually has pretty good deals on that. But I'll just give a quick run through on the on the things, and then we'll, we'll see some value. So phases I mentioned minus one sixty three, ultra plus three fifty. Those are the top two. The next highest is Optic Chicago at plus six hundred, which seems really overpriced to me. Subliners at plus a thousand, which I would normally take, but the problem is with with a seam. It's trapped in Canada, and they had to they have to find a replacement for him. I don't know the longevity of this team going forward, so that's kind of iffy. Dallas Empire plus fifteen hundred. That's not bad, but I don't think they can get through Toronto or Phase. That's the problem, right? Like this is the thing, right? We're, we're, it's not just like like sure they could go far in the tournament, but I don't know if they can get through past Toronto and Phase. Then you got Rocker at plus eighteen hundred. Again, they played Phase pretty close, but again, you're looking at the double revenge game. Can they also play Ultra or Subliners close? Florida Mutineers plus four uh, plus four thousand, so forty to one. Thieves also forty to one. Paris eighty to one. London Royal Ravens plus I think that's plus two hundred and fifty to one. Yeah. Surge plus two hundred and fifty to one and LAG four hundred to one. Let me just double check this four hundred to one. Yeah, four hundred one. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's a uh, those are some lines. Um, what do we think about the top teams? So, phases at minus one sixty three. I know Ryan, you run simulations with your model. What do you think about phase? Do you think minus one sixty three is a bargain, or do you think that there's better value somewhere else? Uh, I I do actually think it is the best bet you can make, which. Sounds a little gross when you're you're betting a, a minus 163, 165, I see it on, but um, it it is the best value. I have them winning this tournament about two-thirds of the time, uh, which means a, a break-even bet would be around minus 200. Uh, so you are getting a, a tiny bit of value, um, but when you really think about it, you know, walk through their path to victory, it's a win over either a depleted New York team without ASIM, uh, or a rocker team that I have graded very poorly throughout the year. Um, they already played rocker. They they beat them pretty handily. Um, so you they get a pretty good matchup in uh, in winners round two, no matter who it is. Uh, and then then it gets a little tougher, right? Then you probably have to go beat Toronto. If not them, it's probably Chicago. And if it's not them, then it must be Dallas. But it's probably going to be Toronto or Chicago, which, again, you've seen success over those teams in the past. And you do that, and you're in the grand finals just like that. So you're asking Atlanta to win three matches in a row, one of which should be relatively easy. I'm not going to say it's a gimme, that first one versus New York or Minnesota. But, um, yeah, it, it's their path to victory is very attainable. Um, the next team on the list, uh, Toronto plus 350, I think is pretty much spot on i have them winning uh the tournament about 21 percent of the time um so they're kind of there's two teams really in the league there's atlanta who's on their own tier there's toronto who's on a tier below them i have new york and chicago in their own tier three but with new york it's it's tough to project how they're going to do moving forward i think 
so they announced Decimate is going to fill in for ASIM. Um, and I think if Decimate just plays fundamentally well, just kind of does his job, uh, listens to Clayster, because we know Clayster just kind of calls out everything, I, I think New York should be okay. But um, you never really know with a roster change. It could go really poorly. Um, uh, yeah, so it's it's really it's Atlanta or Toronto for me. Um, it, it's really hard to see someone from loser's bracket winning six or seven matches in a row. Um, so you can kind of throw out all those teams. I know maybe some people might be interested, like Florida 40 to one. It's like, yeah, okay. But again, it's six matches in a row, three of which will probably have to be like, you got to beat New York or Chicago or Toronto or Atlanta, you know, any combo of those three. Uh, so it'll be tough. I think, yeah, if you're going to bet it, it's either Atlanta or Toronto. If you want to get a little spicy, I wouldn't, I'd say the worst value on the board is Chicago at six to one is what I see. Um, I have them winning about 5% of the time. So it only, it really should be a number closer to 20 to one. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a nice first round matchup where they should be favored over Dallas, but then you run into Toronto and they are, I think clearly the second best team in the league. And Hey, if you beat them, then you probably have to run into phase, which, you know, they're the best team in the game by far. And then you're in grand finals and that's not a guarantee you win that. Cause you'll probably have to play one of those two again in a best of nine. So, um, that's tough. I think that number is just bad because people are betting into it. I haven't seen if that's happening or not, but I would think they they might get bet up more and more cause it's land and the optic boys are back and they're in winner's bracket and, their first round match is easy and they could catch fire and I get all that. But um, at the end of the day, you know, you, you, we got to play the percentages. So, um, yeah, that's kind of the whole story. Um, again, yeah, Minnesota, kind of those teams in the middle, Dallas and Minnesota, 14 to 1, 18 to 1. I don't really love those either. Dallas have looked somewhat improved, but these teams are very much middle of the pack. And, yeah, again, we're asking them to win essentially uh four out of five matches um with you know most of those coming from the best teams in the league so it's tough i'd say this major has the least amount of futures value uh from any that we've seen so far from major one two and three um so the numbers are getting more accurate so it's it's tough but um i think it's definitely still bettable if you go with one of those top two teams it's not the funnest thing in the world to bet you know heavy favorites but uh, if you're gonna, I think you go with those teams and you just ride it out. Uh, that, that's a good point. One other kind of thing I, I wouldn't hate doing is because these ones at the bottom are so undervalued, right? Like you're looking at Linden Royal Ravens plus 250, Surge plus 250, Gorillas plus 400. Um, <clears throat> if you bet a dollar on LAG and they beat Thieves, because on Bet365 you can cash out, it, it, then suddenly they're not plus four hundred to win the, the tournament anymore. You then you they're probably down to like if they beat thieves. I mean they're playing um, Florida next, so that's not the greatest. But if you do that, then like the, you could you could actually make quite a lot of money if you pick a team that like goes on, a, on like a losers bracket run. Like for example, Ravens. Um, if they beat Surge, then they play Paris next, and if they beat Paris. Then they'd have to play the loser of Dallas Optic, which could be Optic or could be Dallas. 
And then, like, if they get past them, because if they, they played Optic, they played Optic pretty close. Like, they could have won that game. Like, at, at certain points, you can pull the bet, and then you could actually make some decent money from that. So, like, that's not necessarily the worst value to do that. Uh, again, you know you're never holding it, and you're hoping that the line shrinks, which the line can shrink on some of these. But, I don't know, It's not. it doesn't seem like the worst plan. What do you, what do you think about that yeah, plan in terms of just shrink value? That... Yeah, I think a better alternative to that, and it's it's very similar, would just be to, like, it, say you like London. And I think the path for them is nice, despite starting in losers round one. Uh, Seattle's the worst team in the league. That's a good matchup, right? Uh, so they get Seattle. They win that. They get Paris, who I have uh, slightly worse than London again. So I would expect London to come out of those three teams at the very bottom of the bracket. Um, but again, it's like, at some point, if you make right, so if you make a London four hundred to one bet to win the major, at some point you're going to hedge that out unless you really believe they can keep winning, you know, series after series after series. Um, I think a better way to do it might be bet London money line against Seattle, whatever, lay that price, uh, and then just roll over your bet when they play Paris. Um, and if they win that, and you want to take them again, you know, you take all your winnings from those two matches roll it over against Optic or probably Dallas um, until you want to stop. Um, and yeah, if you, you know, eventually if you keep doing that, you'll just run into, you'll, you'll lose and you'll go back to zero. But um, I think there's maybe a, a little more value in doing that than having to either hedge your futures bet with another futures bet or um, like betting against whatever team you picked uh, money line and you know round three or four or whatever um but yeah i i don't hate that strategy of of taking a huge long shot like yeah you you put a buck on london or lag or you know, whoever you want down there and like it's a it's absurd the payout's insane but just as a friendly reminder i know um uh salvation's elite tweeted this out yesterday he was he tweeted out um or he retweeted the like futures board for this major and he's like LAG at four hundred to one or whatever, and it was by far and away the biggest number on the board. Um, and then, and so I commented on that and said, "Yes, it's a gigantic number, uh, but they need to win seven matches in a row over the course of the season. They've won seven matches. So yeah, now you're asking them to do what they've done throughout this entire year, and of course they need to beat you know." probably Atlanta once, Toronto once, Chicago once. You, you got to run through everybody to do it. So, um, yeah, it's it's not going to happen. I'd love to see it. It'd be crazy. But, um, yeah, again, I think most of the value you'll get is just betting Atlanta or Toronto. Um, one of them should make it to grand finals, uh, assuming all goes well. Obviously, weird stuff maybe could happen with LAN, but... Um, I just ride it out with one of those two, whichever you like more. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. And I mean, it, it, I would never like on a book you can't cash out. I would never put a dollar on any of those teams. Like the only right. the only reason I would ever consider doing it. Like I, it's but the thing is though at this at the same point though because they are like just because Ravens beat Seattle, like if they're two hundred fifty like two fifty to one. Right, like they're not gonna go from t- plus two, like plus like two fifty to one, down to like 
they're not going to be up. Maybe they're a hundred to one. I don't know. Actually, you know what? Screw it. Whatever. It's a dollar. I'll, I'll, I'll try it. I'll tell you what. I will rep- Next time we do a podcast, I will report how it goes. I will put a dollar on Linden Royal Ravens <laughs> and a dollar on LEG, and then we'll track how the, uh, how, how the payout goes and, and stuff like that. So we'll keep track of it and I'll, I'll do that. So it's, it's a dollar. I don't care. I will, for, for the science, I will sacrifice. So that's fine. Um, <clears throat> moving on to the matches themselves. Um, so we actually, on, on Bet365, we actually don't have one of the matches themselves. We actually only have, um, three of the matches because they still don't know what to do with New York. Um, however, Betway has New York. So we'll, we'll say that line. Um, so first match of the day, it's actually kind of weird. They originally had a schedule and the schedule went away. Let me just, let me check on here. So we get the actual schedule here. Because Bet365 had them in an order, and then midweek they changed the order. Okay, so 3 o'clock match, Surge versus Ravens, which they have the correct order now. Okay, so London started out, actually, as a minus 150. They're down to minus 125 against Seattle. Seattle minus 110. Um, London Royal Ravens minus 1.5, plus 175. Seattle plus 1.5, minus 250. Over 4.5, plus 150. Under 4.5, minus 200. Um... Yeah, I mean, good for Surge. They beat Optic. That was cool. No one expected them. Also good for them starting to win control maps. That's cool and unexpected. Um, London is also really good at control. So that should be fun. Um, I mean, the thing of it is, and, and in football we talk about this a lot too, um, in terms of NFL and stuff, when you watch about when you watch it a lot of times, sometimes a team has like their own personal Super Bowl when like it's like beating a team or winning a game or something like that, and then after that they're like, cool, we did it. Was Seattle Super Bowl just breaking the like 10-game losing streak, and now they're like, cool, we did it, we broke the streak. Now we can uh, we, we, we can go to bed easy. It, what, what do you think, Ryan? Is it, Was that yeah. Seattle Super Bowl? Absolutely. Like, no question about it. Um, it. It definitely was. They beat Chicago at control, which was kind of unbelievable. Um, but it happened. And uh, and yeah, it was a, a super tight series. It went to a game five, obviously. Uh, and Seattle pulled it out. So congrats to them. Um, that was huge. But yeah, I, I think it, it's one match. And I think in a lot of people's heads, that one match is is sticking with them because uh, the the numbers you gave me, I, I see a lot of value on London, especially minus a map and a half. Um, it's uh, here's what I'll say. When bad teams beat good teams, no matter if it took them a game five to do it, no matter how close every map was, people remember that people remember when LAG beat Atlanta in a game five, you know, all that sort of stuff. I think, London is a team that hasn't really had those matches where they've knocked off the top, but they are consistently competitive with teams around them. And Seattle is definitely in that conversation. And I think London is a decent bit better than them. Um, So that one match, you know, it was a week ago now or whenever when Seattle knocked off Chicago, it's going to stick with people, um, especially because we know Chicago has a huge fan base. So, you know, Chicago fans remember that. Seattle fans remember that. Really, anyone who watched that match is going to... That'll stick in your head until the end of the year. Um, but it's just important to note that, like, London are a... They're not a great team. They're not even a good team. But, like, they have maps that they are good at, and if they get those maps, they should be good to go. 
and um, they've sneakily come up in my hard point rankings over the last few weeks. Um, right now, I have them as the sixth best team in hard point. A lot of that is due to their apocalypse play. They're five and zero on apocalypse, uh, and then they're pretty good on checkmate, Moscow, and raid. So their map pool's pretty wide. Um, Garrison is a little problematic for them. Search and destroy in general is not great for them. Um, but control, they have two solid maps, which is all you need in that mode. Um, checkmate and Garrison, they're both six and five on those. So. You start looking at the map pools and you go, wow, London's is actually a decent bit deeper than Seattle's. Um, and yeah, that minus one and a half plus 175, that's pretty good value, honestly. So um, I might take that and then maybe roll it over in their match versus Paris, um, if, assuming they win. But yeah, it, this first match, probably not super exciting from the casual viewer. You know, it's it's Seattle who have struggled all year uh and it's london who have made a million roster changes and have always kind of been in the bottom four um but someone's got to win and I, I think it's it's uh it's london's to lose so or london's to win i don't know yeah yeah you know what i mean <laughs> no i mean london had an interesting stage four right first they get dallas Dal- they, they they should have won that game they should have won that series against dallas they didn't um so they lose 3-2. So they take it to 5. Then they lose against Toronto 3-0. Uh, then they play New York. And they lose against New York 3-0. Um, but those were actually... Saying it 3-0s, they were... Well, some of them were a bit closer. They did pretty well in the search and destroys. And not horrible in the one control. I guess New York, I don't think. Um, but, again, not the... I mean, again, those were two of the top teams in the league. And they didn't have good matchups against them, but again, again, it just kind of talking about where they are, and then um, LAG, they beat them 3-1. So, I mean, this te- this is a team that's clearly competitive, that was early early stage competitive with Dallas. Dallas has made changes, and they're up there now. And, um, they're, they're up there with those now, and, and I think they're definitely better than the LAG tier of the league. And I think that, that maybe this team isn't that bad. I mean, London was always like a favorite pick of mine. Round week one, I was like, yeah, let's bet London against uh, Dallas. And um, and and they almost won that money line, right? And I think it was like a, a major or two. Like, yeah, stage three major. They went on a bit of a run during that. Now, again, they've made changes. They dropped Zaptius, got Afro. Um, but like this team isn't horrible. Although the results from this, this stage don't look great, they actually are a little bit better on paper than they they look than they look if you just look at it. So, I don't know. I I think this team could go on a little bit of a deep run. Is, is they're not, are they going to win the major? No. Are they going to make Sunday? Probably not. Are they going to make Saturday? Maybe. I could see them making Saturday. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think uh, this team is not bad. I think this team could actually do some, some, some pretty cool things if you give them the chance. Uh, yeah, I will say I like the money line. At minus 125, that's a really affordable money line. You could just bet that straight up. And even that minus 1.5 at plus 175, that's also not a horrible thing to bet either. So I might look at that as well. Um, next lineup, this is the 430 game. LA Thieves versus LAG. Thieves, a, a mind-blowing minus 400 on the money line. LAG plus 275, um, LA Thieves minus 1.5, minus 163, LAG plus 1.5, plus 120. Um, over 3.5, minus 250, under 3.5, plus 175. Um, this is like, 
I, I posted, like, I saw this line at 300. LAG is minus 300. Like, when, when I first saw that these two were playing against each other, I posted on, on Twitter. I'm like, friends don't let friends bet on this game. And then, and I'm like, what would it take for me to bet on this game? And I'm like, well, if LAG is plus 200, I consider it. And then they open it, like, plus 225. And I'm like, well, that's still a bit high. I'll consider it. Let me see where it moves to. And then overnight, it went to minus 400, basically. And now it's sitting at minus 400 plus 275. There is insane value on LAG here. I think people are like, LAG is dead. Thieves are a better team. They're going to win. But these teams are, like, relatively matched as the bottom of the league. Um, Like, I have LA Thieves... I have the Thieves as like one of the worst hardpoint, as like literally the worst hardpoint team. They are the worst hardpoint team in the league. Um, I have LEG as the 11th, so it's cool that LA, both of these teams have finally found a team that they can beat at hardpoint. So that's good for them. <laughs> but I mean, this is the thing, and I mean, sure, Thieves are better at at search, but I mean, LEG was originally good at search too. So. I mean, if they can get back some of that search and destroy prowess, they'll be fine. Thieves are a little bit better at control than LAG, but LAG has been good at control too. Like the fact that this game is like is so lopsided, like you hate yourself for doing it. And again, don't bet your mortgage payment on it. But like you could put something down on LAG because there is insane value here of like massive overpricing of LA thieves here. Like and even then, the plus one and a half at plus one twenty is crazy. Like that's like that's worth a bet too. Like fine, okay, maybe maybe LAG doesn't win this. Maybe Thieves win this in five on like a control on like a hard pointer. They win this in five on a search or something, right? Cool. Bet the one, plus one and a half at plus one twenty. Like put some like this is insane. I, I I do not understand why people keep betting on. Is it? It's just the name. It, it has to be just the name, right? Is that what you think, here, Ryan? I think it's the name, and it's people just know that this roster is going to have better results. And it's also just LAG have been the most probably forgettable team in the league over the last stage, really. I mean, they lost all of their group matches. They're 0-5. And then I don't know how many they lost before that. They obviously lost in Major 3. So it's at least a six-game or six-match losing streak for them. Um, and, And yeah, people just buy into Thieves. They just know this roster is better than Gorillas. Now... Yeah, they. it's weird, because they match up so closely in every game mode, honestly, for me. Uh, you talk about how they're neck and neck and hard point. Um, yeah, they're also neck and neck and search and destroy, and, like, Thieves maybe have a slight advantage in control, but it really depends on what map gets played. Um, and even if it's, you know, whatever map would be best for Thieves, let me take a quick look, it probably would be Checkmate for them. Um but a lot of their checkmate control success came from that original roster switch with Draza coming in, Venom coming in. So I don't even know if we'll see that. But, like, yeah, this is going to be a close match. There's a ton of value on LAG, and I don't know if you should bet them to win the series at plus 275 or to do the plus 1.5, uh, plus 120. But both are very reasonable bets to make. Um but just don't be shocked if they lose, because obviously they're in a rut, and Thieves should bounce back at some point. It might not be this match, though. It might not. They might be one and done in the major. I think a lot of people are just talking themselves into, like, there's no way Thieves can just be one and done at the first LAN event of the year. Um, but let's look at LAG. They're a team that won a championship on LAN uh, in the World War II days, the 
evil genius's team with silly apathy uh, and assault were on all on that team um i know all last year uh if you followed the minnesota rocker like um they had this kind of like weekly bi-weekly episode series where they talked about kind of the team and what was going on um obviously the the move to online hurt minnesota horribly um there wasn't a team with a drastic diff or as drastic of a difference between their land play early in the year and their online play as minnesota which again is basically this year's lag team with silly and assault and, and all that so I think the bounce back to land should help LAG, uh, and they are definitely a more cohesive unit right now as opposed to LA Thieves, where they're just kind of mixing and matching over the last few weeks. So, yeah, don't be surprised if Gorillas win this. I think it will take them a map five if it does. Um, so that plus one and a half makes a ton of sense. Um, either way you want to go about it, I'm completely fine with that. I do think... You know, round two, they'll run into Florida, whoever it is. Um, that should also be a good matchup, but um, I, I, I can't see either team really moving past that. Thieves, maybe, if they look really good against LAG, but it's going to be a really tough major for both of these teams. Obviously, one's going to get knocked out immediately, but just, yeah, don't bet into Thieves. That Those prices are horrible. Um and even if they win and you get paid out, you're not getting as much as you should. So um, it, it, it's tough. I, I wish, I really wish good things for LA Thieves. I want them to succeed. But at the same time, it's like, we might not see it yet. Like, just be patient, everybody. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think that's that's the thing, right? I think Thieves at minus 400, like, if this was minus 200, I'd consider putting it in like a parlay or something. Yeah, maybe. minus two hundred like, plus one fifty, like that would make a little more sense. But it, minus four hundred is just like the, I'm trying to think of an equivalent match. That'd be like Phase versus I don't know, like Florida would be that probably. Which like, come on now. Well, I mean, if it was like, it, I mean, actually, you can make the argument that, like if if you saw tr- Phase versus Toronto and. Phase was minus four hundred and Gorilla uh, and, and Phase Phase was minus four hundred. Toronto was plus plus two seventy five. You just bet Toronto all day. You're just like cool, instant bet. Like you're like two seventy five yeah. on on Toronto. Yeah, hell yeah. And 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 this is the thing, right? Or it plus one and a half. And to be honest, we we might see this match that, that matchup soon. And like judging by the by the the tournament winning prices, that's like. Rough. This is roughly the price you'd expect for that matchup. So, like, Mini Toronto is like plus two hundred, maybe plus two fifty. But like, this is roughly what you'd expect for an Atlanta versus Toronto match. So, um, we'll have to see. I mean, honestly, if that's the price for Atlanta Toronto, we'll talk about that maybe a little later. Um, I'm definitely betting on Toronto. Um, and this was actually the thing. So before on the last day of the last major, um. Bet365 had the future props, and I think it was, like, Toronto plus 600 or plus 700 to win. And, like, I bet it. I lost it, but I still felt amazing about that bet. Because the whole point was the fact that, like, it was, like, they 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 have Optic first. They'll probably beat Optic. I took them to five, but whatever. They probably they were probably going to beat Optic. They beat Optic. At that point, I knew they had about a 50-50 versus Atlanta. 
maybe slightly benefiting Atlanta, but it was 50-50 or so. And sure enough, Atlanta beat them in five in the search and destroy, so fine. But then if they went up against Toronto, they'd be the warm team, and I thought they were a better team. My model had them a better team than Toronto, and a better team than New York. And sure enough, we saw this this stage. Toronto beat them 3-0, right? So, like, just because a bet doesn't win, it doesn't mean it was bad value, right? It's like if you're betting something that's like plus 600, plus 700, I mean, my bet was that, for functionally a 50-50 or 55-45, that's good value. But, like, if you're betting if you're betting minus 400 on something that's a 50-50, which is, I think, closer to what the LAG, LA, LA Thieves, LAG matchup is, that's horrible value. And that's where you bet the plus 275. Like, even if it doesn't win, like, if if if, if Gorillas take them to five, and again, I, I'd obviously bet more on the plus one and a half than the than the, the money, the LAG money line, but if they take them to five and then they lose, don't feel bad about the plus 275. Feel smart that you bet the plus 275 instead of the minus 400. That's that's my takeaway. Yeah, because, well, yeah, if you, if you look at it, if it does go to that map five, now you have an LAG plus 275 to win just a search and destroy. That's it. So, like, yeah, they might lose it. Teams lose searches all the time. But, yeah, people need to understand that, like, there is still value in betting big underdogs because if they take it to that map five, it's kind of an anyone can win. And LAG, who are a decent team at Search and Destroy, can definitely get that done. So it's tough. I think a lot of people just kind of go in and they go, who's going to win? I'll bet them. And they don't really look enough at the prices when really that's kind of the whole thing you should be looking at. So um, yeah, this get this matchup, the LAG LA thieves matchup is a perfect example of that. But um, I'm curious just to see if, if thieves, if their number gets even higher, um, it would, it would not surprise me, but it also would surprise me if it would, just because it's like, it really shouldn't go any higher. It should come down a lot, but I just don't see people betting LAG at all. So it's tough to say. We'll just see how it plays out. Um, now that we talked, you know, on hours on end about this match, it'll probably be like a hot LA Thieves 3-0 or something. Weird. LA Thieves is back. But, <laughs> yeah, and then it's, oh my god, here they go. They're going to go on a run and win the whole thing. But um, yeah, no, it's it's a really close matchup, but we'll see how it plays out. I'm interested, for sure. I mean, yeah, LAG could just be a dead team. They could just they could have just given up as an organization, and they could be like, "Pack it in, we're done." Right? Um, yeah, it's possible. And I mean, and, and here's the thing. I mean, I mean, obviously, it's funny that we spent so much time talking about this. But again, we talk, we had a great conversation about betting value and stuff, and that, that's 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 still important, even if LAG just suck. But um, yeah, I mean, I I am not like, and again, if this gets a plus three hundred, I'm just like, I'm I haven't bet it yet. But like, if they get a plus three hundred, just instantly pulling the trigger. I'm like, yeah, okay, we're we're doing this. Even if it gets higher than. Whatever. Anyway, we need to move on to the next match here, right? Okay, so next match. Somehow, this is not the primetime game. I have no idea why not. But Optic versus Dallas. Optic has ballooned out to a plus 220, uh, minus 225 on the money line. Sorry, they were originally a lot lower. I think it was originally started at about a minus 150 or so. Dallas is now plus 162. Optic minus 1.5 is plus 100. Dallas plus one and a half minus one thirty eight over four and a half plus one sixty two under four and a half minus two twenty five. Um, my model, I will say, does have optic here at about a minus one forty two favorite, which is kind of where it started at originally. Um, but even then, I st- I want to take Dallas. I'm gonna go back through 
Dallas's old matches and I'll see before I before I put it out on Twitter on Thursday. But like I um I don't I don't hate Dallas here at all. Like this team has gotten a lot better. I think I didn't want to bet Florida against Dallas because I was kind of I was weird about it. I was like, oh well I, I should have I shouldn't have done that. I should have been more confident in betting Dallas. I think I underestimated them against Florida. They did beat Florida. It was kind of ugly. I want to go back through and rewatch that because I didn't get a full chance to watch it. But they were deep. They were amazing in the hard point. They got it. The hard points. They got it done in the search. Like I, this team might be legit. And optic. I think people are betting optics. It's like oh my god, they just beat a thieves team with slasher on it. This is this optic team is amazing and. And I mean, they're forgetting that Optic earlier in the week lost to Surge, right? Like, Optic is a huge momentum-based team. I think you're factoring in some sort of weird formal Crim6 rivalry and, and all this stuff, and I don't... I Like, give me op, give me Dallas plus one and a half, and give me a sampling of Dallas Moneyline. What do you think? Yeah, I do see... Right now, I have the slightest bit of value on uh, Dallas, either Moneyline or plus a map and a half. Plus a map and a half has a a slight bit more value for me. So uh, if you are going to bet this, that seems like the best way to go about it. But what I will say is I do have Chicago favored in pretty much every game mode. Well, in every game mode. So they're a better hard point team. They're a better search team. They're a better control team. And when you look at how the vetoes for this might play out, Chicago are pretty straightforward when it comes to vetoes, especially with search and with control. Um, search, it's Miami. They auto veto it all the time. They've played it once this whole year and they got absolutely killed by Atlanta phase very early in the year. So veto Miami. Well, that's a really good map for Dallas. Dallas is seven and two on Miami. They're the best team in the league when it comes to Miami search. Uh, and then back to Chicago control. They just auto veto garrison. Again, they've played it once. They got absolutely destroyed. I don't remember who it was against, but they got killed. Well, Dallas are okay in control, um, four and six, but um, that ranks out as the sixth best team in the league. So the vetoes, at least for search and control, aren't great for Dallas. Um, the hard point, it, it really is going to come down to the hard points and what maps get played and if Dallas can maybe ups, upset Chicago twice in that game mode, uh, which I think is definitely possible. Um, Vivid is starting to look a little better. Uh, he's starting to get used to the team chem, I think. So that's a positive. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to bet this series. It's it's really close to me. If more bets come in on Chicago, which very well can happen because they have obviously an enormous fan base, um, I think Dallas are definitely in play. Um, but just know that they are a, a decent underdog, at least with my model. I have them winning about 39% of the time. So it's not so much a 50-50 as it is a 60-40. Um, but yeah, I mean, Dallas could obviously win this game. It's it's not out of the question whatsoever. It, I just am super curious with how the vetoes play out, because if you're Chicago, you have those auto vetoes that you just kind of pump out, and that, like that's okay if you have one bad map in each game mode and you want to veto it, like, fine. Uh, but with hard points, it's like, well, do we veto the maps that Dallas have looked good with Vivid on as of late, or do we veto those other maps that, you know, Krim, Illy, and Shotzi all look good on before Vivid got there? So there's kind of an interesting little dynamic with that. I still do think Chicago will win the series, but I do think the value from a betting perspective is on Empire. 
Yeah, I uh, I agree with pretty much everything on that. And I mean, again, the Dallas obviously did have a, a, a chemistry issue at some points, obviously with Hook and then with possibly with Fila. We don't understand completely with Fellow, but um, I mean, again, it seems as though Vivid is, is meshing with this team, right? And the one thing I will say is that, especially with a model, at least a model like mine, I'm not sure exactly how yours works on something like this too, but when you're looking at a team that has like rapidly improved recently, um, it's hard to factor out exactly where they are. I mean, mine, which is an ELO-based model, factors in performance. But if they're rapidly increasing, and again, they're still weighed down by older performance, it's hard to say exactly. Um, it's hard to say exactly where they should be if they're if they start rapidly increasing in 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 strength. So. It's hard to say exactly. Again, it, and I'm looking for the same thing as you, right? If we see more optic money, going to be value on Dallas. I think there might already be some value on Dallas. I'm going to go back through some of their old matchups. Maybe even rewatch Dallas optic from the last major, where Dallas three would them, optic three would Dallas, and, and see what we're looking at there. So, moving on, um, the the match that's only on Betway. Um, New York Subliners versus Minnesota Rocker. New York Subliners is minus 200, Minnesota plus 140. Um, and unfortunately, that is all we have. Um, that way it doesn't give me any other lines. We don't have any other spreads or anything like that. However, though, for Betway, they do have a Betway eSports boost, which don't seem to help very much. Um, they don't seem to have a great track record of cashing, but uh, London Royal Ravens versus Surge and New York Subliners versus Rocker both to win was... It, this is um, British or English um, betting odds. Um, it says 2.5, which is um, basically plus plus 150. Um, and then now it's plus 200. So you get 2 to 1 money on London to win and the Subliners to beat Rocker. Which I actually think isn't bad, but the fact that now it's a boost makes me kind of scared. Um... What do you think here? What's what line would you need to bet Rocker here? Do you think Rocker has a chance, or do you think Decimate? I mean, Decimate played well for for Seattle. Like, are you concerned that Decimate won't be able to help the team here a lot, or what do you think? Not, not so much. Um, and I think with his situation in Seattle, like, I think it was pretty clear, at least from what I saw on the player cams after the matches, that he was really not liking it in Seattle. Like, it seemed like he was arguing a lot of stuff with them. He seemed like, I mean, he obviously he wanted to get out very quickly. So being on an organization now in New York that has, a, they've had a good year all year, and they have a clear leader in Clayster who's been solid. Mac shown improvement. Now Hydra's in here. He's going nuts sometimes. You just need Decimate to be solid. You just need him to, you know, do his job, just don't, yeah, just, just play fundamental, fundamentally well, and New York should still be a good team. Maybe not as good as they were with ASIM, because, you know, ASIM would have his maps where he'd pop off, especially in hardpoint, very good hardpoint player. Um, but yeah, with Decimate, you're just hoping he he kind of comes in there, fills the role admirably, and, and you can maybe get it done. It, it's tough to factor that into these numbers here. Um, so what I have right now, I have... New York winning this match about three-fourths of the time, um, which might be a little high, so maybe bring that down a little bit. But it seems like there is still pretty good value with them, um, especially if the number right now is minus 200. I don't know which way that'll get bet, if it'll get bet up or down, um, 
but to me, they, they seem like a pretty solid value. I, I think people might overestimate the roster change, and I think people still have this false sense that Minnesota are like almost on that tier with like Chicago and New York, when in reality, they're, I really don't think they are. Um, they're horrible at hard point. Their search is okay, and they're actually pretty good at control, but that's only one of the five game modes you're going to play, so um, it, it's tough to win a series. Again, with Minnesota, we talk about it all the time, how their path to victory, especially against these really good teams, is very narrow. It's probably win search game two, win control game three, and then win another search game five, which is super tough. Um, so yeah, New York should be a pretty heavy favorite. They they are, I guess, still, but I I do think there is still still some value to be had with uh, the subliners. Yeah, and I mean, the thing about Minnesota is, yeah, I mean, I think what we're possibly looking at is people are like, oh my god, Minnesota lost, like, the first hard point to phase by, like, four points and then lost the second one by, like, 20 points or something. They're, they're a close team to phase, but the thing is, again, you have to factor in the fact that it was, it, it's a, it was a Priesta and Major Maniac Revenge game, right? They are both playing their old team. They are obviously going to play out of their minds. Again, this is a team that almost lost to Thieves. Like, the yeah, they they were around away from from losing to thieves. Like in control game three, they had Minnesota had offense. They pulled that out um, in round five, and then they were attacking on yeah that round eleven in search game five, and they pulled that out too. So good on them for winning those attack rounds, but. Yeah, they almost you know, lost that, that control. Yeah, like they, yeah. they were so like I was like for a while there I was like they're done. Like I yeah, I, so. I had said the because I had bet said bet the uh, bet the money line and I I didn't get a chance to so I ended up betting control money line control and I got a minus one twenty and I was like that's it I've lost I'm like I'm done that's it but then they there was a miracle I'm like wow okay like that's the thing and now Minnesota isn't bad at control and again uh, New York is kind of bad at control so theoretically okay fine. That might come out a little bit, but Min- I'm Minnesota is one of the worst hard like search and destroy teams. They're better at search. They're better at hard point than they are at search, which is weird because originally that's the opposite of what they started at the year at. But like, like they're they're worse at hard point than New York. They're worse at search than New York, and like sure, a seam is good. I'm not I'm not saying a seam is bad, but like fundamentally, if you're replacing like Decimate was pretty good too, right? And like if you're replacing someone who was really good with someone who's pretty good, and the rest of the roster is still really good, like Minnesota is just such a slow team. They just take forever to set up, and like I I, I honestly don't know. And and then, like phase like those phases last game, sure they were trying to clinch the first seed, but like. They figured they were going to. It's very questionable as to whether or not they took the match seriously or not. I honestly think that the fact that it was close looks kind of worse on FaZe than it does on Minnesota. So, like, honestly, like, I I don't see it. I kind of think New York is the, is the play here. I mean, like, even with Decimate instead of that, you still got Clayster on the team. You still have Hydra. You still have Mac. Mac is catching fire right now. He's on absolute fire. Um, Like, yeah, I... I don't know. I I just I think people are overrating that that close game with Phase with Minnesota, and that's what's causing it. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I, I mentioned it a little earlier when we talk about these teams in the middle or at the bottom. I think a lot of teams, when they're evaluating them, they go they, they remember those games against the very best. So with Minnesota, 
we remember their match versus FaZe and how it went to a game four and they had some close maps and they were kind of right there, right? But they didn't pull it out. They, you know, lost in four. Uh, but yeah, we forget, you know, a match that happened just before that, I think it was before, uh, the Thieves match that went to a game five that was super close. And obviously Thieves are not good right now. So you were that close to losing to a team that is very shaky. Um, and and we just remember those those games against those super elite teams. And same thing when Minnesota brought in Standy. They, they had a tough couple of matches. They looked ridiculously good against Chicago, who's a good team. Uh, and I think Dallas, who is a solid team. And that just sticks in people's heads and and yeah, people might be overrating this um, this roster change for New York, but New York are a good organization. Clayster just, we see it every year with him. He just gets his guys in line, and they're good. Um, so yeah, I expect a New York win. Again, the path is, is pretty narrow for Minnesota, but um, yeah, New York should be the favorite, favorite they are. Um, I think minus a map and a half, depending on where that lands, might actually be a little better value than... Uh, just betting them straight up on the money line, but we'll see where that lands because it, yeah, it sounds like uh, a lot of books don't even have that listed. But uh, yeah, uh, uh, I'm not exactly sure why this is the last match of the day. Um, maybe because they want to set up the um, whoever Phase plays, they want Phase to go last um, whenever they play on Friday. It should be so. Maybe that's why. But uh, yeah, I think Dallas Chicago should be the last match of the day. But whatever it. The matches all get played anyway, so it's all good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, that makes sense. And yeah, so the phase is the last match on Friday. Um, again, this isn't like tennis rules. It doesn't, the timing doesn't matter. Like, they treat this like it's like tennis or like football or something in terms of right, like, buys, right. but it's like, oh no, we walked up and we played a game at like 3.30 instead of when we normally, instead now we have to play it tomorrow at like one thirty. It's like, no, it's insane. This isn't a physically taxing sport. It's It's insane. But anyway... Uh, so then moving on, so then our picks for the next, for the next round, we'll just kind of go, we talked a little bit about the loser's bracket and how tough it's going to be. Obviously, I mean, I'll, I'll probably make my own bracket and I'll probably post it on Twitter. Maybe you will do your same, on, on yours too on that. Um, but the next round we're looking at, assuming subliners when we're looking at phase subliners. Now again, obviously this, see, this is hard to predict too, because it's going to depend on how subliners look against Minnesota. Minnesota could win that game. At this point, it's like phase Minnesota again. I don't think we're going to see that, but it could be. So in that case, do you think that do you think the subliners could take down FaZe again? They seem to be doing pretty well at beating FaZe in not winners in like not in not finals. What are they 2 and 0 against FaZe in not yeah. finals of tournaments? So <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, so um this is actually a pretty good comparison of where these teams grade out. So no matter if you look at New York versus Minnesota and a hypothetical New York versus Atlanta, both those series have about the same odds. We're just flipping which teams are favored. So to me, those are the differences in how good these teams are. Um, so yeah, Atlanta, a hypothetical Atlanta-New York match. Atlanta should win about three quarters of the time I have. Um, favored in every game mode. Uh, big favorites in control, which shouldn't surprise anybody. Hard point is pretty close. Um, you can make the case that New York could maybe pull two hard point wins, and if they do that, then they obviously have a shot to win. Um, but most likely you'd see hard points get split, depending on um, which map each team gets. 
Uh, Search probably goes the way of Atlanta. Control probably goes the way of Atlanta. Uh, and you see an Atlanta victory. Now, obviously, New York has beaten Atlanta in the past, and uh, I will say every time they've done it, it's taken them a while, right? They they take that game five, um, and that's, I mean, that's how you have to beat Atlanta. Atlanta has not lost in a game four, I don't think, all year. Um, the grand finals versus Toronto, they went all the way to a game eight. So, yeah, Atlanta are a juggernaut. They should beat New York or Minnesota. It doesn't really matter who comes out of that. Um, shouldn't shock you if New York pull the upset. Um, but again, we don't really know how New York are going to play with this new roster. We could be underestimating how, how much of an impact ASIM was making. Um, but yeah, that's Atlanta. This bracket sets up really well for Atlanta. Um, just in terms of who they're going to get, uh, in their first game. I will say if they do get knocked down the losers bracket, um, they're on the side that is probably a little tougher, so they'd be on the top line of loser's bracket, which has Thieves, Gorillas, Mutineers, which I have as a better side than the other London, Seattle, Paris. So it's better to go down to uh, um, the bottom side. But it is what it is. Atlanta um, should win. Uh, obviously, I say that now, which means they won't. But, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, it's a good revenge spot for Atlanta. I guess you can make that case, although they did obviously beat New York in um, the major three finals. But yeah, I'll just be interested to see. It'll be tough to really judge, I think, how good New York are with Decimate on the roster going up against Minnesota. Um, Obviously, if they come out and they beat, you know, Minnesota 3-0, I think we can take some stock in that. Um, If it takes them game... Four, I think that's probably expected. Uh, if it takes them a game five, that might be a sign that this roster might not be quite as good and they might struggle a little more versus FaZe. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see if we even get there. And same thing with Minnesota. If Minnesota knock off New York, if it's in a game three, you know, I think that's convincing. I think they can maybe put up another fight against Atlanta. If it takes them a game four, game five... You know, I don't know if that says more about Minnesota or more about New York. So uh, it's really hard to say when we we talk about all these hypotheticals. But um, yeah, again, part of the reason why Atlanta are such huge favorites to take down this whole tournament is just because they should get a pretty good match uh, for their first or I should say second round. So, yeah. Um, now the other question there would be Toronto and Dallas. Um, you've got, so then, or Toronto versus Dallas or Toronto versus Optic, right? Whoever wins that, that matchup. I, uh, I'm looking at my bracket here. I haven't submitted yet, but I'm penciling in Dallas there. Um, what do you think, like, do, do you think that it matters between Optic or Dallas, which one Toronto's playing? Do you think that they're, they're pretty good to win either of those matchups or, or what do you think? I think, I think, yeah, it's, I, I think it's Optic going to get a better price. Than if it's Dallas, or maybe not. Maybe oh, if Dallas beats for, for if, sure. If Dallas beats Optic, maybe people are gonna be like, "Oh my God, this Dallas team is back now." Maybe that's the maybe that's the key. I don't know, but uh, yeah, uh, especially so if I would say if you want to bet Toronto in this match, the best case scenario probably is Chicago or Dallas. Whoever wins, they do it convincingly. Whether that's a a hot three zero or you know maybe it takes them four maps, but they crush it in the maps they win. I think that honestly influences more than if teams just win outright and win in the game five. I think um, watching a team just dominate another team really drives up the price. So 
Yeah, if you're looking about Toronto, I think a really good scenario would be Chicago just steamroll past Dallas. And obviously, maybe you worry a little bit about your bet then, because, oh, Chicago looked really good. But, again, it's one match. Teams can look good in one match, and then bad in the next. So, um, yeah, if it's Toronto-Chicago, right now, I would have that as about a 60-40 in terms of um, uh, odds to win in favor of Toronto, obviously. Uh, If Toronto were to play Dallas... Uh, it's about a 10% boost for Toronto, so you get about a 70-30 type of game. Um, but yeah, obviously, you know, that those numbers could change a lot depending on what we see in that first match between Chicago and Dallas. But um, really, I will say for this, uh, for that Chicago-Dallas um, first round match, the loser obviously gets put in a bad spot because now you're in um, loser's bracket round three. Um, and you got to win, what, one, two, three, four, five series in a row after that. So not great, but I will say whoever loses that game is set up for a pretty good run. Um, so let's say it's Dallas. Uh, you'd get the winner of Paris or London-Seattle. Uh, you're probably favored in that match. Uh, the match after that might be a little tricky, but that could be a depleted New York roster. It could be... Florida it could be thieves like you know again it's th- those are all beatable teams so um I'm interested to see how that team that loses that first round match does in losers bracket because I think it will be pretty good um but yeah Toronto versus Dallas Toronto versus Chicago Toronto should be the favorites um I have Toronto better in every game mode uh, against Dallas against Chicago I have them better in search and in control and hard point is pretty neck and neck. So um, that's where I'm getting my odds. So I think Toronto-Chicago probably goes a map five. Um, Toronto-Dallas probably goes to map four. But don't be surprised if it goes all the way to a map five. Uh, yeah, I, I think that side of the bracket in winners is very interesting because it, it doesn't take a lot to see like, oh, heck, maybe Dallas come out if, if their improvements, you know, shine through and they knock off Optic, maybe they can get Toronto. Who knows? Uh, if FaZe get upset by New York or Minnesota, all of a sudden you got a shot at Grand Finals. So it's it's really interesting. We'll see how it plays out. But, um, yeah, Toronto should undoubtedly be the favorite to come out of those three teams. Yeah, and um, so I think one team we haven't talked a lot about, we're going to talk about this and we're going to do final tournament wrap-up here, Florida. They're going to end up playing the winner of LA Thieves, LAG. Probably should win that one. Probably. Then they'll end up playing the loser of Subliners, Rocker, which is probably Rocker. And then at that point, then they will then play the loser of Toronto and either Optic or Dallas. That means they're then going to play Optic or Dallas. And then at that point, then they start moving on to the next. So then whoever else is lost after that, and then they'll end up playing. They'll end up playing whoever's left over in the losers bracket after that, and then whoever loses the winners bracket final. So, what do we think about Florida? Actually, looking at this now, I'm realizing that Florida making like top four is actually not bad. What's the price on that? Look at this now. Florida pl- forty to one. So that's not maybe that's not bad for like a couple bucks on that what what do you how do we think about florida right because florida originally came out they beat toronto 3-2 everybody's like oh my god they're really good and to be honest that was a pretty fair assumption right they're the only team to beat toronto outside of phase in like a long time but then toronto comes back in the rest of the stage 3-0s everybody else literally everybody else they don't lose a map the rest of the stage florida for their part they then um 
they then beat um LAG they then beat London 3-0, LAG 3-1, lose to New York 3-2, lose to Dallas 3-2. What do you think? Do you think this team's trending up, trending down, trending sideways? Like it's hard to pin them down exactly because they they are so up and down, but they are a momentum-based team. They are on land for the first time. Now, many of these players had never played on land in a COD event, at least before. I think Skies... Um, or no, Skies didn't come from Halo. No, Skies was something else. So, um, but again, it, it's hard to pin down this team. What, how do you think this team is going to do this this year? Do you, I could see them going on a long loser's bracket run. What do you think? Yeah, I think they're... They're kind of where they should be. I have them as a middle-of-the-pack team, I want to say. Um, I, I made my power rankings yesterday. I think they're number seven right now, um, which seems about right. It, it'll be interesting. So, again, we talk about when these middle-of-the-pack teams take out a top dog, people remember that, and they go, oh, my God, you know, Mutineers beat Ultra, and Ultra have looked unbelievable since stage two. So automatically people go, all right, Mutineers are in this next tier up. They're the conten- they're a contender now. And it's like, people just need to slow down because it's like, let's wait and see. And sure enough, Florida struggle versus Dallas, and they lost that. Struggle versus New York, they lose that. And now you find yourself in loser's bracket. Maybe a little unlucky because they did go 3-2 and two and, and all that, and they lost the tiebreaker to Dallas. So... You know, it is what it is, uh, but the, yeah, they're a very solid team, and I do think they'll win a match, maybe two, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think best case scenario for them, they probably, let me think, LAG probably gets the upset over Thieves, I think Florida would probably rather see them than a Thieves team that might catch fire, so, you know, you get LAG to upset LA Thieves, I think Florida could take out LAG. Uh, then you probably see Minnesota the round after, another very beatable team. Uh, so you move that, and then it gets a little tricky. Then you start running into the really, really good teams. You might see an Optic after that, a Toronto, um, that sort of thing. So, yeah, one win, I would probably expect maybe two. Um, but if they get hot, could be three. Yeah, and maybe they make it to Sunday. I feel like there's always a team in loser's bracket that makes a weird run like that. But, and yeah, it could be Mutineers. It could be London. Um, but, again, they're starting uh, in round one, obviously, so it'll be a little trickier. But, yeah, Florida, they're they're a middle-of-the-pack team. If they can start knocking off maps against the best teams uh, consistently, that's the key word, uh, then they'll be moving up the rankings and they'll have a better shot to win these matches. But, yeah, right now they're they're solid and they should make champs with the way they're trending. I think they're they're making slight improvements over the last couple of of stages, last couple of majors and uh we'll see where they end up at the end of the year cuz I do think yeah, I I just I'm so curious to see how they play on LAN cuz it feels like a lot of pros talk about how you know, some teams they'll they'll look pretty good on LAN and some teams might take a step back and I think this is the team that a lot of pros and a lot of fans are talking about. Um, obviously, Awakening is pretty new to the scene. Uh, and this team, just in general, plays very um, disorganized in terms of everyone's kind of scattered all around the country. I don't know if they've since moved together and play in the same facility, but it seems like the team that 
improved a ton with the switch to online play, especially last year, right? The switch to online happens, Florida rattle off, you know, a couple of majors, and people are like, whoa, what's going on here? So does the switch back hurt them? I don't know, maybe. We'll we'll have to see. But uh, they're definitely a, a curious team that I think is well-established in the middle of the pack. Yeah, um, it, it's, it's an interesting thing for Florida, right? I mean, probably one to two wins, and they start running into some harder wins, and they're going to run into either Dallas Optic or Toronto. That could be that could be curtains for them. They're also such a momentum based team, and it's 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 hard to say. It's so I think they could go far, but ultimately they might get taken out by a team that's that's just a better team than them. And I mean, it's I I think this team in five v five was good. I think they had a bit more firepower in five v five. I think that just I think ultimately havoc as the fourth is just not. And even Neptune, I think there's there could be some concerns about Neptune just not being the best. I think I think there's better. I think they just need some upgrades on some positions. I think this team could be a really good team next year. Um, I just don't think I don't think the SMGs are there this year. At least I think they need some better SMGs, um, and they could be definitely looking at that for next year. But I think um, this year might just be a little a little too out of reach for them specifically. They'll probably make it to champs, but they might not be the best team at champs either. All right, finals. Who do you have in your who do you have your winners bracket final, and then in the finals themselves? I think my yeah, winners so bracket it, final would be Toronto. Also, my winners bracket final would be Toronto phase, and then I think I think it, that will be back to the to the final itself. I think the the loser of the winners bracket final will probably get back to to the major final. What do you think? Yeah, I uh, if we're just going chalk, then that that is what I expected to be. I think it's kind of a rematch of what we saw in Major Two, um, Phase and Ultra. I think I would love to see him play twice. It makes a lot of sense. Um, so yeah, I, I think Phase probably over Toronto in Winners Final. Uh, but if Toronto are going to win a series against them, it makes more sense to do it then than in the Major um, or in the uh, in the Grand Final. So I'll take Phase over Ultra in Winners Final. And I'll say that's a 3-1 for FaZe. Uh, and then in the grand finals, let me punch in my numbers here just to see because numbers get a little wonky that it's a best of nine. Uh, yeah, so if Atlanta were to meet Toronto in a best of nine, I have Atlanta. Uh, it's a slight bump up for Atlanta to get that many maps. So it should be about a 70-30 in terms of odds to win. And it looks like it'll take them probably a map eight to do it. So... I'll take Atlanta 3-1 in winner's final and 5-3 in the grand final, both over Toronto. No love for the no love for Ultra, eh? No, I mean, they, they got a shot. If there's any team that's going to do it, it's going to be them. Um, it's just when you get to that best of nine, I don't think there's another team that has as big of a map pool as Atlanta. And I, here's what I'll say about Toronto. They, uh, they have the right sort of blueprint to take out Atlanta in a grand finals. We obviously already saw it once, but it's more important to be good at search and control than it is to be good at hard point, especially in the grand final. I think that's part of the reason why Major 3's grand final, Atlanta, New York, was kind of a dud. Because New York, what did we talk about? They were unstoppable at hard point, and the other two modes were okay. Well, now when you're only playing three hard points in a best of nine, it's 
just not in Atlanta are a team that could take those hard points just as easily as New York could. So I think that's why we saw a dud with that one. But if we get Atlanta Toronto again, again, it should be a really, really good match that probably goes seven, eight, maybe even the full nine maps. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be something. The full nine, uh, the full best nine. We've only ever seen eight. I think that was kind of the best of the three we've seen so far. The best one was Toronto uh, phase. That was the best one. Um, so uh, we'll have to see. Um, I think um, I think it could be interesting. Um, there's definitely some interesting matchups that we're going to see a lot more balance than we have seen in the last the last couple of weeks. I think we're definitely having we definitely have a lot more of a balanced matchups for a lot of these things. So yeah, I think. Um, I think we've got some good matchups to look forward to, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, to this weekend of COD. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to it. I'm excited to see what LAN looks like. I know it's not exactly what we think of it in our minds. There's not going to be thousands of screaming fans. The commentators, I know, are doing it from home, so that might be kind of weird, but um, yeah, at least the players will kind of be in that same um, environment that they've been used to for so long. For most of the players, obviously a lot are used to the online system by now, but yeah, it's just, it's a new thing to talk about. I do think teams that look good versus teams that look bad, the whole land versus online thing might get overblown a little bit. So, um, that could change, uh, a lot of people's perceptions of teams, just knowing how they performed on land versus how they've been performing online. I don't think it's a huge deal uh, or a huge difference at the end of the day. I think Tammy, I want to say it was one of the ultra players talked, maybe it was Bance. Um, they talked a little bit about uh, uh, the switch to LAN after one of their wins. And uh, whoever it was said, like, we're not too worried about uh, LAN. A lot of people think we might get a little worse. But honestly, if you play with um, if you play with your teammates and you have good team chemistry, all that sort of stuff, uh, you should be good to go. And I think, yeah, that still holds up on land. You got to play as a team. You got to work together. Um, yeah, it, it's just going to be an, an interesting little wrinkle for sure. Yeah, and that's, I think, the interesting thing. When we look at this, there's certain teams that play together, like Toronto. They all play together in their studio there in Toronto. Um, FaZe plays together in a studio as well. Optic plays together in a studio as well. I don't think Thieves do. I think Thieves play off by themselves. Florida obviously plays off by themselves. I think they have forever. They're kind of spaced out through the entire U.S. Subliners also don't. I think Minnesota plays off to the so- off separately as well. Um, so yeah, I think we... But the thing is, again, and, and you're noticing that right then, right? The teams that play together generally are some of your top teams, right? So it's um, it's it could be interesting of what we're looking at here in terms of uh in terms of how uh, how close this could be. So, we're going to have to see it. I think um I think we could see some interesting uh some interesting pieces from that. So, um yeah, so keep an eye out obviously this podcast being posted this week. Next week, um I think some people forgot about this. Um, this next week is actually the World Series of Warzone. That's their first week of that. Um, generally, some sports books have betting lines for some of the more major Warzone tournaments. This is the biggest Warzone tournament ever up to this point, obviously. So I'd expect something 
Um, this is kind of like a best of five. I believe it's all in a custom lobby too. So like the tournament itself, we played in custom lobby. So, and again, when you're dealing with kind of like exterior lobbies, it's definitely, you don't want to put a, a, a dollar value on those, but if it's all being played in a custom lobby and live, decent chance we could actually get some pretty cool, like we might actually get some prop markets here too, of like most kills to win one of the, cause it's multiple maps are playing too. So it's like win win one of the Warzone maps and it's pro teams. So definitely if there are lines for it and there's some pretty cool lines, we might do a podcast for it and, and, and talk about some of them because I think this is, this is an opportunity. I think this is, if there are lines, it's going to be very similar to golf betting. Uh, so I've actually already reached out to um, someone I know who does golf betting where you get his, some of his sage advice about how to, uh, how to bet some of these lines if they, if they, if this happens. So uh, yeah, so, uh, so stay tuned for that. And I'm, I'm excited about talking about Warzone, especially when we got uh, CDL teams and those players. What do you think? You, you ready to talk about some Warzone if that happens? Yeah, I, uh, I really enjoyed last year's uh, Warzone events that they mm-hmm. did like within the CDL. Um, they did like some singles and some doubles, and then they did like uh, teams versus teams. And those were all interesting. But yeah, have it wasn't super structured, I don't think. So having like a dedicated uh, yeah World Series of Warzone, I think is, is yeah, it's a, a good thing. Obviously, Warzone is hugely popular. Um, I haven't really played it in a while, um, or any sort of battle royale type game, but um, yeah, they're, they're they're fun to watch. They're fun to play every now and then, and uh, I'll definitely uh, keep an eye out for it for sure. Yeah, we'll definitely keep an eye out for lines. I found that last year, what tended to happen is the teams that were better at search and destroy tended to do a little bit better at Warzone than the other teams, and that which actually intrinsically makes sense. Because if there was a game mode that Search and Destroy would be, that Warzone would be most like, it's not like Hardpoint. It's not like, well, last year was Dom. It's definitely not like Dom. It's more like Search and Destroy, right? For like attacking a position or something like that. So, um, so yeah, we'll talk about this and, and kind of overall strength of teams if we do get those lines. But again, we got all, we got lines for All-Star 1v1s. So I suspect, uh, I suspect we're going to have something for next week. So, Stay tuned, and and hopefully we'll have some content for that, maybe a major uh, four recap. And yeah, we'll see you guys next week. See you guys.